Ah, oh, for Christ's sake, Anakin. Hello and welcome to episode 35 of For Christ's Sake, Anakin. I'm your host, Matthew Neugebauer, coming to you live to air from a very sunny, hope it stays that way, suburban Thornhill, Toronto, Ontario, Canada, on this Sunday, July 29th, 2018. I'm joined, as always, by R2-D2, who's very... <laughs> clearly very excited to come back on hiatus uh, he stayed here I went to Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada uh, to visit my brother and sister-in-law and saw a beautiful lake in the middle of the city if you want to see my photos of that uh, request to follow shameless plug over at MNEUG1138 on Instagram um, yeah and uh, one more thing you know, might be asking why is he recording on a Sunday morning? Shouldn't he be in church? Well, I'm in between church commitments at the moment. That's why I was able to go on my vacation to, to Regina and watch a lot of World Cup. Uh, comment over. I did, did do some podcasting over at Nugzi FC. It's over on SoundCloud. Hopefully going to pick that back up. We still haven't done our episode on the final. But this is a Star Wars podcast, not a football podcast. But that's okay. Um yeah, and so I'm free to find a church that maybe at night, <laughs> later in the day, uh, there, there are a few Anglican services in town that fit that bill. And just so I thought, okay, well, what's a good time then to, to podcast and to record? Because one of the things Podient recommends is have a regular time to release and have a regular time to uh, to sit down and record. That helps me because that's how my brain works uh, when I commit to a certain time. So just trying to sort things out, especially now that I have a full-time secular job for the month. And so hopefully working things out. Uh, yeah, the hiatus was fun. Just not, not fun being away from all you guys, but and, and from podcasting, but good to get time out of the city and explore another city. Very walkable. If you're ever in Regina, recommend it. If you ever have a chance to go to Regina, except, you know, not in the winter. <laughs> Frigid there. So, I have two thoughts for this podcast. Um, I don't know if we'll get to the second one. Pardon the system noise around here. <clears throat> I don't know if I'll be able to get to the second. If, if I don't, then I'll just tease it at the end. Uh, the first one, you know, I don't normally uh, comment on news all that much, but during this hiatus, you know, a very important event, San Diego Comic-Con happened, and uh, Star Wars usually doesn't have that strong a presence there. Usually, there's reserved for celebration or for D23. Uh, there was no Star Wars celebration this year. There was no D23 this year, and so uh, they said, "Okay, well, let's just throw it all in Comic Con. Why not?" <laughs> and and uh, Marvel was absent from San Diego Comic Con, so Star Wars definitely fit the bill there um and and just a lot of a lot of things it was it was a whole day basically of a mini celebration and the reason i'm commenting on this is is you'll find out in a, in a second i mean is, is that there were a lot of announcements a lot of announcements related to the prequel era and you know part of the the point the focus of this podcast is as a prequelist podcast as i said many times and examining the themes of that trilogy in that era, especially the Clone Wars. <laughs> and 
this this was there was a bit of a lead up to to all these announcements, right? There's Maul's appearance in Solo. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen Solo. Maul's appearance, Maul's cameo that harkens back both to episode one, the, the last time we've seen him on the big screen, and then of course if you've seen the Clone Wars, you know, okay, that's not crazy. He didn't die. <laughs> I'm actually made it uh, just going through. Even after the solo cameo, I wanted to go through all the the episodes in in the Clone Wars, just the arcs uh, that, that feature Maul, and I've been going through that recently, um, just going back and seeing, okay, where did he come from? How to or or how how to get to where he is now at the the head of Crimson Dawn, uh, you know, and we see that at least very well set up in the Clone Wars series. So that there was that just putting that. Uh, the the mall small cameo in in front of our faces for everyone who actually happened to see Solo, which wasn't as many as we thought. The a big one, a big one was was the Thrawn Alliances release by Timothy Zahn, and especially that variant cover that we knew would come out at San Diego, and that that that's such a, an interesting moment in in. Uh, in prequelist fandom here because it was such a sought after cover with Hayden Christensen as Anakin on it with Thrawn. Um, I might actually, that might actually be the cover for, for this podcast, this episode. Um, just a beautiful cover. I really, really want to get one. I get a copy. I'd be willing to pay some dollars for it if I have it. Um, but what's interesting there is, now every fan, that most highly prized collectible among Star Wars fans, at least in the last moment, is something with Hayden Christensen's face on it, right? This is the guy who, one of the guys, one of the people who you think about, you critique the prequels, you critique his performance. <laughs> and now they want his face, not a drawing with, with Matt Lanter's, well, with the, the voice or the, the animation from the Clone Wars, it's it's a photograph, but in the armor of the Clone Wars. And along with that came this reveal that with the, the sample that I didn't read because I don't like spoilers. <laughs> the sample that was posted on StarWars.com of the excerpt, rather, uh, of this book, and it says, set in the prequel trilogy, set during the Clone Wars. And then to add, top it on that... The Barnes and Noble uh, edition comes with the poster of the main cover with with Vader and Thrawn, um, and, and, but also on the flip side is a is a poster of Padme, and how Padme is going to be in this 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 book, and uh, that that just of course, you know, all all the Padme fans on Twitter were a Twitter, <laughs> understandably, I was I was a Twitter, um, and then I, you know, I, and I actually. Was able to get the book came out on Tuesday, so after Comic Con. But started reading, and it looks like half of this book is going to be set with with Anakin and Thrawn hanging out on Batu or whatever. I don't know what adventure it is. I haven't quite got there, and I don't like spoiling things for myself or for you. But it, it seems like half of this half of this book. Let me just grab my copy here, and I was able to get the Barnes and Noble variant thanks to. Uh, the ability to to purchase things in the United States and bring them across the border, um, 
yeah, half of this book looks like it's going to be Anakin and Thrawn during the Clone Wars. Um, and, yeah, the on the back cover, it's time for Thrawn to face his future. So the future, I guess, I mean, his relationship with the Chiss Ascendancy and, and the Empire and, and where his loyalties are. Time for Vader to face his past. <laughs> we know what that's all about, right? We know... I mean, the, the the perennial question I, I that's lurking behind a lot of my podcasts here is are Anakin and Vader the same character and to what degree or what's the relationship between the two of them and that that's a deeply important question for a prequelist is a deeply important question because a prequelist is really a, a, a sagaist right it's someone who says all eight films who wants all eight films that have been released so far. And, of course, the ninth. Uh, I should actually even write that down. Episode. Sorry. <laughs> Cast. Yeah, how my brain works. you got to remind myself of stuff here. Um, just the way, you know, the, wanting them all to be connected. And so, you know, we've got explored a bit of that in... We explored a bit of, of the relationship between, between Anakin and Vader in uh, in the 2015 Vader comic. Some beautiful moments, some of my favorite moments in, in all of Star Wars. Actually, in in that in that very question where, where we see Vader's memories of Anakin. Uh, a bit of it in Lords of the Sith, not as much as I thought. Uh, looks like it's going to be just even just front and center in this book because. It, it, it's set there. Two, it's almost like there's two. It reads as if there are two present times, two settings. It's not one's the main, one's the flashback. That might change as I go through it. Um, anyway, Thrawn alliances that had come out <coughs> that made its big splash. Of course, at Comic Con um, with the cover. The cover is beautiful. If you find the cover, if you want to send it to me. Hook me up, set me up, hook me up, let me know. Uh, another thing that had been announced before Comic-Con, Jedi Fallen Order uh, is a game that is a video game. It's, they're going away from the Battlefront line a little bit. Set just after Order 66. Uh, I should say we, we're getting a bit of the Anakin Vader stuff in the 27, a lot of it actually in the 2017 Vader run, which is why I love it. And, and I'm mentioning Jedi Fallen Order in the same breath as the Vader comic, they're set around the same time, about a year after, or, or shortly after Revenge of the Sith. So I still consider that within the orbit of the prequel era, right? It's the direct fallout of, of what happened in, in Order 66. And so uh, the, 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 I mean, the events, such a monumental event across the galaxy, clearly going to impinge upon... Uh, what happens? Of course, there's uh, dialogue. <laughs> you know, Obi Wan and Yoda sitting on a log in, Re in Return of the Jedi. That is all about what happened in Revenge of the Sith. Of course, uh, Luke and Rey on Octo in Episode Eight, and Yoda again talking about talking to to Luke and failure. The greatest teacher failure as well. That's about Revenge of the Sith as well. <laughs> um, but so Jedi Fallen Order, it, it, you're going to be a, a Jedi Padawan sneaking around, hopefully, trying to uh, 
avoid uh, avoid stormtrooper, avoid clone troopers. They're still all clone troopers. The Imperial Army at the time is still all clone troopers, and 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 possibly Inquisitors, maybe even Vader himself. Um, and, and so, so that's that's tying back into that uh, publication. So on to Comic Con now itself as I take a walk away. So this is gonna—I feel like a bit of a, a commercial here. I don't know how long this is gonna take, but it's gonna be. I'm just gonna go through these things. So um, again, this Comic Con itself. There was the Star Wars Day, where it—they had uh, the the, uh, the Del Rey uh, thing that they usually the books announcements that they usually do at, at celebration. They you know had I mean I think they tied in tied the comics into that Comic Con. Uh, they had a, a Clone Wars tenth anniversary panel. I'll get, I'll get to that later. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and so I mean some big big announcements with the with the the Del Rey. I mean Claudia Gray. I'm gonna start with this one. Master and Apprentice before the prequel trilogy. It's gonna be. Again, Qui Gon and Obi Wan, uh, and, and you know, on this adventure before before the events of the Phantom Menace, and um, I mean, first of all, just give me anything Claudia Gray's written. Every single page—I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> every single page she has written is is perfectly in place, is gripping. Makes me want to get to the next, get on the next page, not for boredom, but like, what happens next? What happens next? Um, that's Truth Bloodline. She did you know, with Leia before, you know, six years before The Force Awakens. Lost Stars. If you have not read Lost Stars, you need to, well, you can finish this podcast or you can put your put this podcast in your headphones uh, on, on your phone and go and buy Lost Stars or go to, Go get it on Kindle or something. Read that book because it's such a wonderfully well-written look at the events of the original trilogy through these eyes of these these kids, these teenagers, young adults. <laughs> um, and it, it just, it's a teen romance a little bit, but it's really beautifully done, well-written. Just just the way she has just a way with words. Um, Leia, Prince of Al- Princess of Alderaan. I've already I can go back and done a, a review episode of that uh, of that book. But Leia just before, but three years before, uh, A New Hope. So she she's got the, the teen romance novel, teen romance angle in there a little bit, but in a way that doesn't push people away, but a way that draws people in as as an authentic experience, human experience. Um, she has, of course, she's already written Qui Gon and Obi Wan. <laughs> Never, who'd ever thought of doing this? In a certain point of view, there's a short story where Qui Gon's Force Ghost appears to Obi Wan, or at least tries for the first time, and it, you know, harkening back to John Jackson Miller's Kenobi a little bit. Uh, John Jackson Miller's short story also harkens back to Kenobi, but. Um, Gets the the force mysticism and the 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 beauty of of you know, the master apprentice relationship that that Qui Gon and Obi Wan I think had 
so those things combine. I mean, so so she has she knows how to write Qui-Gon Obi-Wan. She knows how to write <laughs> teen romance. I'm wondering if this is going to show us uh, Obi-Wan's adventures on Mandalore with Satine and how he comes to, you know, they have this forbidden teen romance. I mean, he's still a Padawan at this point. Tempted to leave the Order. And, and you know, once you're, if you're a Padawan, well, I guess, I mean, you could still leave the Order. It's just this disgraceful thing regardless. But um, I'm assuming he wouldn't have been the first Padawan <laughs> to leave uh, because he, he, you know, he fell for someone and, and wanted to have a family with that person instead. But it would be fascinating just to, to get into that. And I mean, of course, with slight spoilers, with, you know, with Leia, with um, uh, Lost Stars, the romances there can, can blossom a little better. This one is a new angle, right? Is He's a Jedi. He's committed to celibacy. That's a, a wonderful episode I really should should look at. <laughs> um, maybe maybe when this book comes out, I will. It will give me fodder to, to think about Jedi celibacy. I'm really looking forward to it. it, it again, they're actually going for this era uh, before the prequel trilogy, before Phantom Menace, but still within the orbit, right? Set during the prequel trilogy, we are finally finally getting the Padme novel. We've always wanted, and <laughs> we didn't know we wanted. We well, a lot of us have been clamoring for. Um, Southern Ontario's own Kate Johnston is writing Queen's Shadow, and that's going to be the story of of Padme's transition from queen to senator that she speaks about in uh, Attack of the Clones. She hints at she's already the senator by then. Um, she just briefly mentions it, I think, maybe even a deleted scene. I can't remember. Um, but also even there was a uh, the day-to-day calendar just the other day uh, referenced how they wanted her for a third term. She wasn't going to pull the, the the FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt thing. Nope. The tradition is sound. Have a younger queen and an older governor of Theed. Then the senator can be whoever. And and so we're gonna gonna look at that, and there probably some adventures, something we don't know about, maybe some Anakin stuff. But you know, for for back to test reasons, I kind of hope there isn't, right? And for continuity reasons, I mean, um, that's the thing is we do this is this is about Padme's relationship between her personal and professional life, right? Her public life. And her, her personal life and, and her, her sense of self and, and, and vocation, if I can use that term. At least I think that's what this is going to be about. So that's what's exciting is, yeah, I hope it really focuses. I know, I know Kate Johnson, Johnson cares about these questions of, of women's representation and about, um, you know, you know, again, you know, just like Claudia Gray cares about these things and has done such a great job. Even though, of course, you know, uh, Claudia Gray's books have been more explicitly within the teen romance, young adult genre a little bit, but uh, very much respectful and um, and and if you're if you're don't don't let that scare you. I mean, read all of Claudia Gray's books here. Kate Johnston wrote Ahsoka, of course, and I'm gonna. <laughs> 
get to why that's again important again in a minute, but in a few minutes. But she did. I mean, that's another speaking of a Jedi who, you know, any romantic entanglement wasn't even an option, uh, at least you know, from what we see. Um, you know, and, and just very much a a woman in the galaxy. I mean, Ahsoka in a very different situation, but she did. Again, it was, it was a young adult book that was engaging and engrossing and added to the lore uh, of the of the story around the time and around the period. And so I'm definitely looking forward to what Kate Johnson has in store. Um, you know, see if it <laughs> could match the type of thing Claudia Gray is doing. Who knows? We'll see. But definitely proud of, again, Southern Ontario's own um, making an impact on the Star Wars galaxy. Okay. Few more things and then help me, Obi Wan Kenobi. You're my only help. Well, that's actually a pretty good segue because another thing that was announced was a comic series. Thanks, R2. <laughs> uh, a comic series, this 30 issue comic series starting, I believe, in November. Um, and it's going to, yeah, it, it's going to have Age of Rebellion and Age of Resistance, but the first, uh, you know the the first arc, if you will, the first I guess ten issues or something, maybe six issues. I don't know. Age of Republic. <laughs> you know, there we go. So, and, and it's going to be you know, Maul. I think this is a continuation, a little bit, building off of the Mace Windu Jedi of the Republic, which was seemed odd and out of place. I, I mentioned that before. That why are they randomly doing this six arc series? It's at the beginning of the Clone Wars just not connected to really anything else. This is going to be just have the age of Republic banner, the age of mega series, if you will. Um, and that's going to be going to have mall. It's going to have Mace Windu. It's going to have different, different characters going through, uh, a, a what we consider a protagonist and an antagonist in, in each. And, um, looking forward to that because it, uh, you know, of course, <laughs> we're gonna read all the comics. I'm reading all the comics now, um, but yeah, it, it, it's gonna be again delve into the prequel era. So, and then the last little bit here, um, and, and so I, I don't know too many details. So, the last bit of of news about Amy Ratcliffe, Woman of the Galaxy, the it looks like profiles and whatnot, and yeah, and it's going to span the galaxy, span the saga, which means that there's probably going to be considerable attention given to the prequel trilogy, especially to Padme, especially to a bunch of others. Amy Ratcliffe, who who writes for Star Wars, who's uh, now a big up at Nerdist and and done a lot of work. Um, so, so let's recap here a little bit. <laughs> Maul and Solo, uh, you know, referring, you know, referring to the prequel trilogy. Thrawn Alliances, let's cover half of it set in the prequel trilogy. Jedi Fallen Order, set just after the prequel trilogy. Claudia Gray's Master and Apprentice, set before prequel trilogy and around the prequel trilogy. Queen's Shadow, Kate Johnston, set during <laughs> between Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. Age of Republic, during the prequel trilogy. Uh, Women of the Galaxy, going to feature... Parts of the prequel trilogy, prequelist, um, prequel characters. 
finally. And, and it, don't worry, I didn't forget it. I was just 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 holding off. Um, if you Steel Wars, Steel Saunders, and some others have, have been able to post the the Clone Wars tenth anniversary, uh, the, the 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 retrospective, and and it, yeah, it was it was a, it was an interesting. So I was able to see it on YouTube. I'll, I'll link it in the description if I remember. <laughs> and it was an interesting um, just look back on a lot of these, uh, well, yeah, just a lot of those concepts and a lot of the art, and you know the the, the funny you know, back and forth between Dave Filoni and they had one of the producers and said, "Oh, can we animate this? Can we actually physically do this? Do we have the time and the money?" And that's something they do bring up a lot is. Um, they have to be aware of their own budget because, yeah, you can use your imagination and, and the technology has advanced so much, but it still costs time and money and, and to, to, to render these things and get the voice actors and to draw these things. And, uh, you know, take out some water here. And, you know, he starts going into... Uh, into the lost missions and starts going into different things where he would have liked to go with the series. And the first video clip he plays, of course, is uh, here's the spoiler for for Clone Wars. Is that that last thing of season five, which I think served as, as a bit of a, an interesting finale, a little bit. It wasn't the finale he planned, but of Ahsoka leaving the order. Um, you know, being rejecting her off the 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 orders offered to bring her back after she was falsely accused and without any due process, um, walking away in the heartbreak of Anakin's face. So, okay, they're they're just taking this trip down memory lane, right? Um, but then they, again, they go into the lost missions. They go into different concepts. They have mentioned the 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 crystal crisis stuff and, and different things that are on. I think they mentioned that. Um, but then at the end, Filoni says, no, no, I'm a, we thought we came together. We thought, okay, what can we do? You guys had this save hashtag, save the clone wars. Um, and, and this video comes up and now I, I, I wasn't seeing this in real time. I confess. I was on the subway <laughs> coming back from seeing a friend downtown and it was in part of the subway where I can get data on my phone. I thought, Clone Wars. Clone Wars preview? Clone Wars trailer? What? And it kind of gives, you know, I've, I've, I've subscribed, of course, to Star Wars on YouTube and they have the notifications. Star Wars. What? What's happening? So intermittently when I could, I'm watching this thing on my phone. Like, okay. Well, these, these stormtroopers or clone troopers, they're masks. A war unfinished until now. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, of course, in my subway, in the subway, freaking out here. It's a bit of water. Freaking out. And, I mean, I, I of course, able to see the full trailer. I come home. I see the full trailer on, on the TV a few times. And there's this new footage of Anakin with longer hair. Um, and I think it's maybe Rex and uh, 
erect in a clone from the Bad Batch, who's which was an arc that didn't. I, mean, I think we see a bit of them in some of the seasons, but that arc gets picked up. Well, we see fully rendered a, a shot, fully rendered him flying in, and of course at the end. <coughs> Rex calls Anakin and Obi-Wan into the bridge of, of their ship and uh, Anakin, what's so important hologram of Ahsoka and Bo-Katan and we know we're getting the siege of Mandalore which was the the uh, final uh, the, the finale that Dave Filoni had planned and at that point th- that was it that, that's that's it's time to declare a prequelist golden age. That's the thing. With all all these things coming out. You know, again, I'm going to recap for you guys again. Maul and Solo, Thrawn Alliances, Jedi Fallen Order, Master and Apprentice, Queen's Shadow, Age of Republic, Birds of Women of the Galaxy, Clone Wars Saved. That they're going for the things people know that they love from their prequel trilogy. They are no longer afraid to say this is part of the story. This is a deep well and deep mind that we are not ashamed of and we're not going to forget. Here, celebrate this. Maybe be partly, you know, and and people are wondering, okay, so they're not going to really go for stuff between episode six and episode seven. That big era there. And they're not, they're going to hold off on that. They're going to still fill out all these stories in the prequel trilogy I mean, they're not really holding out. That's the thing. And to that, I'll answer as a criticism to say, I'll answer that critique that they may be holding back on new stories a little. Say, well, it's not an either or. It's a both end, right? That they can uh, can tell these stories, tell these new stories with these new characters in this new world and pick up all these older stories in this older older time older time period, older characters. That you can do both. They have the resources to do both. And, you know, it's a 12 episodes. We're probably going to be just the 20 minutes. Although, um, what seems likely, I mean, uh, Alex and Star Wars Explained said, it's going to be uh, what was it, kind of, you know, hour and a half movies three hour and a half movies because it's going to be on the streaming service. So you could just sit down and say, okay, I'm going to watch this, watch this. I'm guessing they'll release a bunch of them at a time. It's going to be again, 12 episodes. So they wanted, I know fully initially wanted to stretch it over season seven and eight. What I think seasons season eight would have been would be order 66 from different perspectives. What season, this season seven is likely going to be is, just the, um, I mean, just Order 66 from Ahsoka's perspective, because I think, again, Alex was saying um, part of <coughs> part of what happens, you know, the reason Ahsoka and Rex have, this is in the Ahsoka novel, and it's in, in different things, the reason Ahsoka and Rex have to go into hiding, of course, is because of Order 66, and that's directly relevant to what happens in uh you know, in the Siege of Mandalore and in the Clone Wars series and what we pick up in Rebels, right? We know that they, we know that Rex was able to get rid of his inhibitor chip. We know that Ahsoka went into hiding. Um, 
So maybe we're going to be able to see some of that. Uh, questions about whether we'll see Dark Disciple, uh, that, that material. I actually don't think we will see it directly. Uh, see the, the Maul, Son of Dathomir, that comic arc, that the, one, the only Dark Horse comic that's still canon. <laughs> um, I don't think we'll see that. I don't think we might see things referring to it. But I know Lucasfilm doesn't actually like to take stuff from one medium or take stuff from a book or comic and then put it on the screen. They're okay with adaptations the other direction, especially, of course, film adaptations and comic adaptations of stuff in films. But they don't like to do the other direction. So I, I doubt, again, I doubt we'll see... The Dark Disciple script, an episode that, or an episode arc that was going to be, uh, was going to be an episode and into a novel by Christy Golden, which I've yet to read. I'm going to read that after Throne Alliances. <laughs> Good timing. Um, but yeah, no, I don't think they're going to uh, bring those in. You know what? Again, I'm going to repeat what Alex said because I was watching his, his stuff yesterday. This is a gift. We in no way expected that this was going to happen. That, yes, there was the appetite for it, tremendous appetite for it, but whatever it is we get, I'm going to eat up, I'm going to love. Um, in part because, again, it's the it's the sign, finally can declare this, a prequelist golden age. Part of that maybe is because the fight is now over episode eight. <laughs> um, you know how I feel, but I do think even that is connected. I mean, I've said this before. I do think the tensions with episode eight are connected to the prequelist connections because, or at least because episode eight is so prequelist itself. It's so explicitly about what happened in the prequel trilogy in terms of why Luke doesn't want to ignite the green because the Jedi ignited green all over the place and look what happened to Clone Wars, the Empire. So they're going to delve into that era more. And and I think maybe hopefully, I mean, a lot of it, of course, is to unite the fandom and whatnot because, yeah, people are really excited. We're always really excited about Clone Wars, at least. At least once it started going, once people started giving Ahsoka a chance, that's one of the it's it's one of the most universally beloved uh, things that have come out in the last last twenty years, unlike <laughs> episode eight. So, so there's that part. But I mean, the biggest thing, and that we keep saying is, there's a, a younger generation. You know, kids born in the year two thousand are now turning eighteen this year. They were too young when, I mean, they weren't born when Phantom Menace came out. They were too young to, to really care about us adults squabbling over, well, this isn't like this thing that when we were kids. No, this is what came out when they were kids. And now they're turning 18. They're going to university. They're on Twitter, on social media, making making waves about what uh, what they like and how they they grew up loving Jar Jar. And they grew up Getting the prequel trilogy started for the stopping again. 
that it's comprising this chunk of the fandom that's vocal and sizable to say, and I think I've said this before, is prequel bashing just ain't cool anymore. It isn't a mark of a true fan. (laughs) In fact, I'd say it's a mark of a true fan if you don't like the prequels to accept that there are a lot of people who do. And that's the thing about Star Wars is, uh, and this is maybe a bit of a spoiler for, for not a spoiler, a hint for what I was thinking about, what I'll think about for next week is Star Wars fandom, and Star Wars, the, the, the themes in the films themselves, in the, the, the work, in the, the, the stories themselves, are all about respecting unity amidst difference not just difference itself and not just unity uniformity itself but unity amidst difference a common cause for the sake of all um and so it's it's you get the fans who get that i i think part of this is disney's and lucasfilm's attempt to shore that up of course a big part of it is to to get lots of moolah (laughs) as they always do but the fact that we're willing to actually go out and, and put our money where our mouth is, and there's enough of us willing to say, even if, even if you don't like the prequel trilogy, you're going to be excited by this story. Uh, even if you don't like some things the way it was executed or done, you're excited enough about this story to really appreciate it and to say this is very much part of the universe. Um, but even then, it, it's those people who that that's that's. Not a dwindling tribe, but but not the only tribe, and and not the only is I don't want to use tribe. We're all one tribe, as as uh, T'Challa says. <laughs> um, you know, a, a voice, a, a, a opinion block within Star Wars. There's enough prequelists now to say that this makes sense and this works. Um, so that's most. Th- those are my thoughts about. The prequels, Golden Age. Um, Going to get into episode nine cast. Uh, I had some thoughts. Maybe I'll, I'll save that for the beginning of of next week's episode. Again, because this isn't such a news responsive podcast, I'm not worried about the delay. Like, give it gives me time to stew things over too. So, yeah, next week uh, my plan is is to go into go into episode nine casting news. Go into be a bit more churchy in terms of the question of what millennials want in terms of unity and diversity. And that, that brings up questions, especially from the Episcopal church's general convention about uh, how their liturgy, their, their order of service and they're revising that and what kinds of reasons why they want to do that. And um, the whole question of what millennials want <laughs> What I'll get the young kids in. Well, what gets the young kids into Star Wars these days? Young kids meaning those maybe 30 or under. <laughs> um, 25 or under. What gets the young kids into Star Wars? Can can we look at that in terms of, can that be helpful for the church? Um, so, this has been, yeah, episode 35 of For Christ Take Hannigan. Glad to be back. Glad to share my thoughts with you. Um, R2, you want to wanna give a last sign-off here? Thanks, R2. Uh, you can follow me at, on Twitter at NEUG485. 
You can follow me on Instagram at MNEUG1138. Uh, a bit of a housekeeping news just discovered. Uh, Podient is now connected with Google Play, Google Podcasts. So, um, and, and I think it's, it's also still on Radio Public, but Google Podcasts definitely uh, linked up there. I'm on there. Give it a try, especially on your smartphone. I'll, I'll link in the description that, for that too. Um, so yeah, this has been episode 35 on the prequelist golden age. Uh, thanks for listening. May the force be with you always. <laughs>